to me, okay, to me, ultimately, martial art means honestly expressing yourself. Now, it is very difficult to do. I mean, it is, it is easy for me to put on a show and be cocky yeah. and be flooded with a cocky feeling and then yeah. feel like pretty cool and all that. Or I can make all kinds of phony things, you see what I mean? Blinded by it. Or I can show you some really fancy movement. But to express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly, you know, that, my friend, is very hard to do and you have to train you have to keep your reflexes so that when you want it it's there the expression of the human body I mean the everything I mean you know not just the hand and when you're talking about combat well I mean if, if, it, if it is a sport now now you're talking about something else you have regulations yeah. you have rules but when you're talking about fighting as it is oh, rules. with no rules no, real fighting. well then baby you better train every part of your body I'm not surprised, mother... I'm not impressed by your performance. What's up? Where you at, George? I like Big Dumb McCartney pulling me about, folks. That's how I like to roll. You feel me? Nobody gonna take this bet. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm proud of fighting you. For you. Don't bring the dog out of me. I'm the man of the hour, Joe. Too sweet to be sour. What you see is what you get, and what you don't is better yet. I fight for the fans. I wanted to keep fighting as long as it took, and I wanted to win this title. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. I did it. I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Running water never grows stale, so you got to just keep on flowing. What is up, Penn Nation? Aloha. Welcome back to yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio. As always, guys, I'm your host, Kinch. We are live each and every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And as we do each and every week, got another great show lined up for you guys. A couple of great guests, lots of news to get into. We are the fighter's voice, the voice of the fans, bjpen.com radio and bjpen.com. Speaking of news, before we jump into it and jump into the lineup, as I said, a couple of great guests and some just breaking news uh, being reported that we'll get into. But I tell you guys every week, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news is your premier source for all the latest and greatest and the sport you love of mixed martial arts. We are the largest independently owned and operated MMA news site out there today. Hot topics, breaking news. As I said, we've got some of that to get into and you can find it all at bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Again, we're the fighter's voice, the voice of the fans. If it's newsworthy, if you guys should know about it, one-stop shopping, ladies and gentlemen. So as I said, a couple of great guests, one of them you're very familiar with. One of them, maybe not so, but a cool guy nonetheless. Coming up first, coach, Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach at Combat Club, 
down in Florida. Multiple time Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, world champion. And one of the gentlemen competing on Submission Underground 4 coming up this Sunday. That gentleman is Gilbert Burns. UFC lightweight. Very exciting guy. I believe he has more armbar victories in MMA than Ronda Rousey. I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me. It's around the same, though. Super cool guy. I never had the pleasure of uh, speaking with him before, but he's had a pretty good run in the UFC so far. And unfortunately, you know, what would have been his breakthrough breakthrough fight, in my opinion, uh, was going to be Paul Felder at UFC 208. You know, Paul Felder's a pretty well-known guy, very exciting style, and definitely a test for anybody in that division. Unfortunately, though, Gilbert got injured. Um, you'll hear all about it in our conversation. But he, he, he was on the mend, back to training full-time, has been for a bit now, looking for a fight, hopefully uh, looking at International Fight Week. Seems like everybody we talk to wants to be on involved in that. I mean, who wouldn't? Some of the biggest cards of the year. So we get into a lot of stuff. You know, obviously we uh, we preview the competition at Submission Underground Four. Talk about the uh, recovery from the injury, who we'd like to fight, and of course what's going on in the lightweight division. Second guest, you guys know him. Always a pleasure to speak with him. Quite frankly, if you've seen the videos, he hasn't been too thrilled with the media lately. So I'm honestly very grateful that we have a tight relationship with this guy. Competing for what should be the number one contender spot in the welterweight division this Saturday in Dallas. Gamebred himself, Jorge Masvidal. Always a cool conversation with that guy. I mean, he's a he's a badass and as real as it gets. Uh, super cool as well. We talk about a lot of stuff. Great interview as always. He's ready for Saturday, man. And he mentions it. I was I wasn't even aware of this, but he mentions it. I, I'm not sure if that's changed since we spoke. Again, guys, we're doing you know pre-recorded interviews here now. But apparently, somebody must have either bet a ton of money or a lot of people started betting money on him. And uh, I think the line's changed. He's the favorite now. Obviously, a big test in Damian Maya. But I certainly hope he gets it done. It's been a long time coming for Jorge. Um, put in a lot of work in this game. And came from, you know, we talk about it in the interview, grassroots. I mean, it's a story of hard work and dedication which is his story. So nonetheless, two great guys, two great interviews. I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. We'll get into that in, in just a moment. Big news. And again, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. You can find all this stuff. But just breaking news. Um, coming from Ariel Helwani, MMA fighting. Henry, Henry Cejudo and Sergio Pettis. That fight has been canceled for the Saturday. Uh, apparently, sources are saying that Cejudo has a hand injury, 
which is unfortunate. That was a very important fight for the flyweight division and a bummer. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, one, I'm kind of surprised. I, th- I think a lot of guys end up getting into fights with broken hands. I'm not sure what exactly what it is. You know, maybe he's got a bone sticking out of his hand or something, but, um, I've always been under the impression that guys fight with, you know, worse injuries than that. But then again, obviously you, you probably have to hide that from the doctor. So I'm not going to speculate, but nonetheless, officials say the fight has been canceled again, a bummer. Uh, we certainly wish Hen- Henry Cejudo uh, the best and hopefully that fight can get rebooked soon. This was breaking earlier. Uh, news coming from our own Chris Taylor. That kid is always hard at work and, and kick, kicking some ass uh, in this MMA news game. John Jones, DC, the rematch, confirmed for UFC 214. Again, that was by our own Chris Taylor. You had heard that it was in the works, but now it's confirmed. Huge fight, obviously, for that division, the return of what many believe is the greatest pound pound for pound of all time in John Jones. A lot of heat behind this fight. I mean, these guys are bitter rivals till the end. And regardless, <laughs> they make each other a lot of money. So, uh, big fight. We'll see all that progress. I'm really looking forward to some of the promotional work for that one. I mean, they went after each other before. Can only imagine. Controversial, controversial news, rather. Um, M1 Global books a fight for a known human trafficker and alleged neo-Nazi Frank Kortz. Talk about controversial and talk about Russians not giving a damn. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it, you probably remember it being covered at BJPenn.com a while ago. Um, in my first first stint with the uh, with this awesome enterprise, I can't remember the guy's name, but there was a German fighter that had alleged ties to being a neo-Nazi, and we we I, we covered it. But the UFC had cut him, told him he couldn't fight. And apparently he had some evidence saying that, you know, he was just associated with people like that, whatever. But nonetheless, I'm not sure if it's the same guy. But risky, risky business uh, for M1 Global. Or brilliant. Everybody's going to be talking about him. One of Anderson Silva's managers, co-manager apparently, is uh, refuting his retirement claims. Andy Ryan Hall has uh, called out Anderson for a fight. They were supposed to, uh, man, who replaced him? Uh, I'm drawing a blank there. But anyway, they were supposed to fight a while back. Fight didn't get done. I think somebody pulled out. Anyway, that'd be a crazy fight for the fans. I mean, their styles complement each other in what you would think would be insanity. <laughs> So, would love to see that fight happen. Will it happen? Who knows? But possible. We've, you know, I said it last week, week before possibly. It would really suck if Anderson retired and walked away from the game, you know, because he felt like this or felt wrong by the company. So I'm sure we all hope that, whether it be Dana White or or the new owners, uh, 
from WME. Somebody reach out to Anderson and hopefully um, put put a stake in this and and figure it out. Paige Van Zant finally addresses the super controversial Reebok uh, Instagram video that she posted. Uh, says her mom deleted it. <laughs> it's <a> good mother. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't as it could have been more risque, but it was very offensive to all the other uh, ladies in the UFC. So anyway, says her mom deleted it. I found that pretty funny. Jose Aldo suffers a ugly cut during training camp uh, for Max Holloway. However, he insists that the fight is still on. It will not affect uh, his ability to make that walk. Scott Coker with Bellator. Now I kind of saw this again. I don't like to speculate much, but I kind of saw this writing on the wall here. When I believe Matt Hughes and Chuck Liddell, under the new ownership of the UFC, they they cut their jobs that they had, you know, within the company. And then they both said that they're looking to make a comeback. So when this all was initially, you know, these rumors were were starting and you saw the picture of Chuck looking ripped, possibly better than he's ever looked. I was thinking Bellator, man. <laughs> well, I wouldn't. I mean, Scott Coker's already been putting legends of the UFC, you know, against each other and, and what some people call, you know, circus type fights. <clears throat> Excuse me. But we all tuned in. Frank Shamrock, Hoist Gracie. You guys remember. So anyway, Coker says he intends to speak with Matt Hughes and Chuck Liddell about coming out of retirement. This could be a good option for these guys. I know Dana White has been pretty adamant about not letting Chuck come back. Um, you've heard me talk about it extensively here. Who are we to say if a guy should or shouldn't fight? But obviously, with what we know of brain injury, for long-term health, probably not a good idea. You guys saw the kick-ass. I'm sure you saw it. Awesome boxing match. Well, awesome performance, rather, uh, by Canelo Alvarez. Uh, against uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. And then they announced that they're going to do the Triple G fight with Canelo. Everybody wanted to see that. But apparently that being booked for, I believe, September 16th, Dana White says that uh, that ruined the date that they wanted for Conor versus Floyd. We'll see if this still happens. I mean... I've talked about it so much here. It started off as a rumor that I never would have, you know, put any weight into. Then all of a sudden it's seeming like a reality. And now as time goes on, less and less of a reality. Props to Nate Diaz. You know, make the fight. Let's quit talking about it. We've talked about it enough. We've hyped it up like you wouldn't believe. Let's make the fight now. And motorcycles. Sorry, guys. Can't stop the bikers. Of course, huge fights this weekend. Obviously, one of our guests, Jorge Masvidal, being involved in that. Incredible card going down in Dallas, UFC 211. Rematch in the heavyweight division for the strap. Junior Dos Santos versus the champion, Stipe Miocic. Miocic. I don't I don't necessarily think the fight is going to go the way it did the first time. Um, 
but I really couldn't tell you who to who to pick because they hit each other with everything in their first fight, and neither guy went out for the count. So we'll see what happens. Incredible fight. First fight was awesome. I can only imagine that the second one uh, will be just as good, hopefully. Second title fight of the night, two title fights. Joanna Janczyk defending her title against Jessica Andrade. I don't know if you guys have been watching the embedded stuff, but Joanna's really friggin' cool, man. You know, all the funny stuff of taking pictures with the cops and, you know, telling Dana White that he's got to pay her extravagant bill, dining out, feeding her dogs what looked like sushi. <laughs> And all all around her just per, you know her personality, not to mention her fighting style as well. Second title fight, and then of course Damian Maya, Jorge Masvidal. You'll hear Jorge uh, talk about the matchup extensively. What's next for him? Like I said, great interview and great interview with Gilbert as well. Like I said, relatively an un, unknown, you know, amongst the uh, the common fan. But I think you'll see more and more of this guy. I mean, his Brazilian jiu-jitsu background alone is uh, very impressive, and he's got a ton of credentials. So, like I said, two great interviews. There's Obviously, that's the news I picked for tonight. But, guys, I say it all the time, but we really do have you covered. Anything that you should know, like I said, newsworthy in this wonderful sport of mixed martial arts that we all love bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. The fighter's voice, the voice of the fans. We're going to get right into it now. Gilbert Burns. Kind of a long one, guys. About 30 minutes. But again, cool cat. Definitely looking forward to the match. I mean, I try to follow the BJJ game and, and all of the competitors within that game i've personally never heard of john combs but he's beaten some really good guys has a win over uh, richie martinez who's out of uh, uh eddie bravo's gym 10th planet gilbert spoke very highly of him so submission underground submission only we talk about that you know extensively as well but uh makes that sport very exciting changing the game as we speak so like I said, we'll jump right into it. Gilbert Burns first, Jorge Masvidal second. Two great guests, BJPenn.com Radio. As always, guys, I'm your host, Kinch. We're going to jump right into it with Gilbert Burns. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're joined by Gilbert Burns, coach of the uh, Combat Club down in Florida, uh, UFC lightweight, multiple-time Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion, Gilbert, what's going on, man? What up, guys? My pleasure to be here. All good. Train, just finished my session here. Looking forward for the next challenge, bro. Getting ready. So tell us a little bit about that. Were you uh, coaching, right? You know, just before you called, I know you said you were in a session. Were you coaching or were you training yourself? Both. Both. I was coaching, but I, I lead that class. I have the, the class here every night at Combat Club. 7.30, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Gi, Tuesday, Thursday, no Gi, I just finished the no Gi class, but I have a couple of tough guys that I can train with, so I was, I was leading the class, but I still got a, got a couple of training. 
You know, a lot of guys talk about uh, coaches being able to learn their own techniques better. You know, from being a coach, you get a different perspective on your own training. Is that the case for you? I mean, when you're coaching and training simultaneous, do you feel like it's more beneficial and you learn more personally? For sure, I learn a lot more. I think that's the way I start on MMA. I, I, I decided to make that transition from the BJJ for MMA. And I start I started as a as a as a coach from Vitor Belfort. That's how I started. And then I started coaching him. Before I fight I was on the on the background on the UFC, I was corner, I was on the main event, co main event. So it helped me a lot to get prepared for my MMA like debut for all myself because I saw all behind the scenes. And as well, I always coach jiu-jitsu too. I always train and coach. And the thing that I think helps a lot is because when you're coaching, sometimes the move, let's say on a move, I have a good move. I do a couple movements good. But it's just it's just natural for me, you know, just do it. And when I'm coaching, a couple of guys ask. And then just kind of, I didn't know the move. And then I need to explain. And the kind of that I learned. And every time that I'm coaching, I feel that I'm learning, that I'm proving, I'm getting better. And I love, I love to coach, I love to train, I love to fight. I, that's what I breathe every day, you know, like training, coaching, or every day in the match, Monday to Monday, like every, every single day of the week. So I love, I love that. I love what I do. Yeah. And for sure, I think coach. You know, you live it, you yeah, breathe yeah. it. Yeah, every day, and then for sure, coaching. In my opinion, helps a lot on your, you know, on your evolve, on your improvement as a fighter because you always see things, you always correcting, you always can see, you always see a mistake. And I'm not coached just at the gym. I have a couple guys that are corner. I was just a couple. I, I was in London, UFC London, coach one of the guys. Then I went on the on the small shows in Combat Americas, corner one one of the other guys. Then I went on Jiu-Jitsu locals local shows, you know, to corner my guys here, amateur shows, and I think that just helped me a lot, being, being able to coach them, to, to fighting that, I think it's a lot of improvement when you see, when you see some, someone doing a mistake, yeah. I'm not going to do the same mistake, so I'm always learning. Yeah, it definitely sharpens your own skills, and as I mentioned, you know, reason I ask, a lot of guys talk about that, when you coach, it really helps that perspective. But before we jump into things here, man, tell us about the recovery from the arm injury back in January. What exactly happened, and, and how has the recovery process been for you so far? So I was, I was already getting ready. I have, I think, five weeks to fight Paul, Paul, Paul Felder. Yep. Paul, Paul Felder. I was, I was getting ready for that, and I always had this small injury on my elbow. Like, bone spur, I, I always tell a little bit my elbow. And on that specific case, I got a kick training, I think it was Ryan LaFleur. He was getting ready for his fight. We were supposed to fight on the same card. That one on, on Buffalo. If, if yeah, I'm it was wrong. UFC 208, I, I believe. Yeah, it's that one New York card. I was super excited for that. But then he caught me with a kick, and the place was already hurt. was already kind of bad, and, and it's an old injury. So it just got bad and bad, and it was a bone spur and then I take I took an X ray on an X ray and I saw it. I had a small fracture and I have a lot of a lot of a lot of small bone over there so I gotta do the surgery so Oh 
Oh, wow. I thought it was just one. Yeah, I thought it was just one. It's a small bone that I broke. But when the doctor cut and opened, I had seven small bones break away on my arm. Wow. So, so you thought you just had bone spurs and it ended up being not only multiple bone spurs, but a fracture as well? Yeah, it's like very, very small fracture. And let's see. But it was, was, I, had, I had a very good recovery. It was kind of like a month, like five weeks. I was already training, getting better, you know, getting getting back on the practice. Just got to, for sure, as soon as you get injured, you know, you got to take it easy a little bit. You don't want to get the same injury over and over again. They say it's two weeks, but it was kind of five weeks to go back in training, yeah. you know. I remember on two weeks, I was doing conditioning, running, and stuff. But to get hit again, to get taken down, I, I remember it was kind of like five weeks to, to get able to get taken down, to get kicked from my elbows again, to get training like sparring. That was five weeks. But but now I'm ready. I already training, I'm training sparring, jiu-jitsu. It sounds like you're back to 100%, and, and you're, as you mentioned, you're ready to fight there. We'll get into a little bit a little bit of that in a moment here, but th- this injury had forced you out of the fight with Paul Felder at UFC 208, as we mentioned, uh, a matchup that no doubt was really big for your progress in the lightweight division. You know, how upsetting and, and devastating was it for you to have to withdraw from what very well could have been one of your breakthrough performances in the division. For sure, I was looking forward to this kind of fight. You know, I want to fight again, a wrestling guy, striking guys. You know, I want to put you good match up. He he was he is the guy who I like to watch. He always brings the fight. He's not that guy who's gonna look to win by decision. You know, take his time. And he brings the fight, so I was super excited because of the style of the matchup. He he really comes, so I was super excited for this fight. And man, that was just, just happened, you know. Right now I'm fine, but at the time I was devastated, yeah. like you said. I was yeah. super sad. I was really looking, looking forward for this fight. But it, it happens now. Now I just, I'm over that. Now I record from there. I'm just looking forward. Absolutely. Can't, can't wait to fight again. But being for injury, it's hard. It's yeah. super hard. So changing gears here for a minute. Uh, We'll certainly get back to the MMA career shortly. Uh, but you have a big grappling match set for May 14th against yeah. John Combs. Yeah. How has preparation for that been going? Man, it's been so hard for that. I I really like to be, you know, to be active with jiu-jitsu. That, that's my background. That's where I come from. That's all my roots. And the best way, in my opinion, the best way to keep on the high-level jiu-jitsu that I have it's, it's by competing, you know, it's by challenge, by fighting, you know, and then if I go just on a tournament, it's, that takes a lot of me, you know, that's that's just, I got to train just jiu-jitsu, but the way, I, the way I live today, coaching, training, MMA, jiu-jitsu, I do a, a lot of it, and that, that new tournament that come with super fights, super mission on the ground, EBI, Polaris, all that kind of super fights that they have is perfect for me. Because I already train a lot of gi, no gi, MMA. I don't, I don't need to change so much my schedule. Just on the last two weeks, I gotta focus a little bit more. But man, it's been perfect. Doing my, my, my condition is great. Doing a lot of rest and a lot of no gi. Man, can't wait to fight. We have like uh, a little bit more than, than ten days. I'm more than looking forward to putting a great performance. 
Yeah, you know, we're we're only you know barely a week removed from this. Um, and you know, you mentioned the rise of EBI and the submission only type of uh, competition that's out there now and becoming very popular. I'd like to get to that in a moment here, but uh, tell us a little bit about your opponent, John Combs. You know, he's a relatively unknown guy to the MMA community. He's obviously a dangerous guy and has some wins over some tough opponents like Richie Martinez. But what can you tell us about the guy? And you know, uh, how do you think your skill sets match up? I think he's he's one of the young guns guys coming up. He has very good wrestling. He has a kind of very strong guillotine choke. I think his best weapon. And he's great, bro. He has good jiu-jitsu. He, he's aggressive. I think, like I said, I like the matchup. I like the style of the matchup. You know, he looking forward to the fights. Me too. We have good wrestling. We he has that guillotine. I have a couple of my weapons too. I think it's going to be a great fight. I'm really, really looking forward to, to that fight because of the matchup. He's a very tough guy. I am sure it's going to be a great fight. Now, Submission Underground, has, you know, this is what we're talking about. Submission Underground 4 goes down uh, May 14th. Uh, it's Chael Sonnen's promotion. And I'm wondering, you know, we, yeah. you, just, you just touched on it there, uh, talking about the rule set and the, and the, and the rise of Submission Only. You know, Chael has adopted this this rule set from the EBI model. It's certainly very exciting. Some guys are preferring the point system, though. As, you know, as I'm seeing this thing evolve, you know, some guys would prefer to still compete in the point system. Where do you stand on submission-only events? Do you think it's better for the sport? Do you think it's not pure? Where do you stand on that? I like a lot. I like a lot of submission-only because to finish, you know, that's all jiu-jitsu is all about. You know, like, you got to go forward. And I still be fair from the IBJF rules, all the ADCC rules, because that's where it came from. But sometimes, even with the matchups, good, it's kind of, man, that final's going to be nice. Last time, last, last year, I was in the awards on the IBJF watching. That's just by points, you know, like 10 minute rounds, and then we'll make more points. It's just one winner, you know. We don't have overtime, it's just by points. Yeah. And then the matchup style is good. But then, who made the points first? He just stalled the, the 10 minutes. You know, they don't want to fight no more. Even if the matchup is good, but they, they hold on too much on the points. They make one advantage, they, they stop fighting. They yeah. make two points, they stop fighting. So that's why I don't like so much, like, the current jiu-jitsu. All I like, I like if you go a little bit lower on the, on the, on the, on the time, like you put five, six minutes one to train, Point to ten, the fight goes hard, but that ten minutes I don't like. And instead of ten minutes, I like submission only or the six minutes move. I think it's well, way more entertaining. Absolutely, it's way better. Absolutely, and you know that's ex- exactly the point that everyone's making. Really pushes the action, forces everything to uh, be a lot more exciting for the fans, which in turn will make well, this a lot more marketable to the fans as well. And hopefully, uh, submission only tournaments will only have bigger and bigger payouts as thing as things progress here. Um, but I'm wondering, you know, with the migration of, to submission-only format for the majority of guys out there, you know, most guys want to compete in that kind of tournament now, uh, will you see this kind of take over the sport, in your opinion? I think so. I hope so, too, because it's the way we can make more money because on a, on a traditional digital IBJJF and stuff, you don't have... Now they have a couple with small tournaments that you can make money, but with the submission only, 
EBI rules, you can make some money on that. You know, they have super fights. We have that that tournament on the EBI. You can make ten grants. You can make more. Like each submission that we do, it's from grants. So you can yeah. make really good money with that. So I'm. Um, I think they're gonna take over for sure. Like it's getting big. MMA fighters like to compete too because they all train no They all train wrestling. So I think it's gonna get huge and huge. It's gonna get big. I think on the two years that's gonna be on everywhere. It's gonna be on pay per view. It's gonna be on the fight pass. It's gonna be on everywhere. I think it's gonna get so big because it's way more entertaining. It, it's way. There's it, no stars. A lot of action. I think that sells a lot more for for the people who who watch, for the sponsor, for all the community. They love to watch that. And as I mentioned, it's great for all of you guys to have opportunities because not everybody's an MMA fighter, not everybody's a striker, and it would be cool to see all of the incredible athletes that participate in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to you know be able to make a true living out of this and and you know not have to work and and uh, struggle financially while pursuing what they love. Um, but the submission-only game is also brought about an ever-evolving style of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you know, with growing popularity on the focus on focusing on legs and leg locks. That seems to be the trend right now. Um, wh- what do you think of the, the leg lock game in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu right now, and what do you believe the next big shift in the grappling game will be? Like, you know, what, what do you think the next trend will be uh, for ber- specifically submission-only Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? I like this style, the, the leg locks. I, I'm... I kind of do. I don't do so much. I'm not. It's not my specialty. You know. I'm. I'm. A, I like more way the guillotines. I like more the back takes. But I like the leg locks game. It's kind of like a lot of guys with those very good. And uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be a lot. Leg locks is going to get more famous and famous. But how the the same way you're doing when they get so famous, the beef is. All the defense is going to get famous too. So I think it's going to be always evolving, you know, always getting better, always a new thing, always a new position, always a new submission. And uh, I think the sport is going to grow so much like that, you know. And uh, I'm here, I'm here to support, to watch, you know, to fight. And I, I love that submission one, bro. I think the submission on the ground is going to be a great show. We're still having great matches. It's going to be, have Dylan Dennis and Jake Shields. Uh, Uriah Faber and uh, Paulo Miao, we have so many good fights. So, what, what do you what do you man. think of that main event with uh, Dylan Dennis and Jake Shields? Lots of bad blood there. Who do you pick to win that match? I pick him with Jake Shields. I think Dylan he has great jiu-jitsu. He's like I think he's going to have a good good future. But I just saw he's not training under Marcelo. But especially right now, he's not under Marcelo Garcia. They have that kind of. I don't know what happened. I see a yeah, small video that Marcelo yeah. saying, yeah, he cannot train no more over there, blah, 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 at least not now. I saw Marcelo even look real, like, real sad, you know, real upset. And I think when you lose your roots like that, you know, you're not training with your team, I think, I don't know. And the, the whole thing with Mark Gregor, you know, he wants to get famous, he wants to talk trash like the guy. McGregor's McGregor, bro. He, he's one McGregor. He's one Cheo Sonny. He's one Joe Jones. You know, guys, a couple guys that have their specialty on his own thing. You cannot copy the guy. It's not going to be the same. But I think, like, Jake Hugh has a very good chance on that. I think he's a little bit stronger. He's a little bit bigger. 
has a lot of experience. He has a great wrestling. He's a really close friend for my coach, Henry Hoof. Henry always say he has a crazy card. He, he's on my vegan diet like for years and years. Yeah. So he, he eats super clean. I think like he, he can win that fight. He has, he has a couple of skills. He beat Damon Meyer, bro. Come on. So he has right. a high level. I'm, I put I put my money on Jake Shields on that. Definitely a wise choice. Uh, but again, with the bad blood, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of hype going into this one. So um, obviously, your pick with your expertise, um, I'll take it to the bank. <laughs> I'd bet on Jake myself. But let, let's move back to yeah. MMA here. You know, you stated recently that you're eyeing a return to action to the cage in July. Is that still accurate? Yeah, I'm I'm working with, with Ali from from Domination MMA now. He's my manager now. We're talking to UFC. I asked to fight way before, but they they kind of schedule for July. They have a bunch of events on July. I hope to get on their card July seven or July eight in Vegas. You know, like I don't want to get they have the show having the Stockholm, Scotland. I don't want to travel so much. Yeah, if international example, play week here, in Vegas. Yeah, if it's yeah, if it's here in USA, Vegas even better. You know, like all the eyes are there. I'm looking forward to get July seven or July eight. Hope Sean Sheldon put on that. I'm really training. You know, already just 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 give him an opponent. You know, I'm just coming for an injury. I'm crazy to fight. It's kind of like I don't know. I don't have more time for, to get a fight now. May maybe June, but I hope I think July. So it's kind of like middle of the year already. I'm crazy. I want to fight. <laughs> I can only imagine, man. Like I said, uh, you know, a fight with Paul Felder, that could have done a lot for your mixed martial arts career. But that being said, oh, yeah. uh, you know, you stated that Nick Lentz was uh, a guy you were really look, really wanted to fight upon your return. Has there been any developments on that? You know, and what is it about Nick Lentz that uh, prompted you to request him specifically? Yeah, I asked that. I was really for I was really looking for that match, but man, guess what? This came to Prenner does here. He was here today, he was here yesterday. I don't think that fight is gonna happen no more, you know. I was really looking for that, but he's a very cool guy. He just showed up here at the gym. I heard that he left the the H T and he was just here training, so I guess that fight not gonna happen. Maybe it's gonna happen but 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 right here, you know, at the gym, you know, I'm not like we're not gonna in pay, training, not yeah. gonna get paid for that fight, you know. Interesting. So he made the move over to to train with you guys. So obviously that fight's squashed now. Yeah, um, yeah well, I don't know. I don't know if he's gonna be here. Definitely, you know. But he's he's training here, you know. He a couple friends. He's training Hobby Lawler. Hobby's here. Logan is here. A couple guys that he's training with are here already. So he just he just joined the team. I don't know if he's gonna stay here. But he's training here already, you know, and I'm gonna, I'm not gonna call the guy out. The guys already training, yeah, yeah. You know? Just don't make sense. So many guys, so many guys in the UFC for me to fight. Why I'm gonna fight the guy? I wish I had that fight before, but now I don't think it's gonna happen. You know? All right. Well, you know, considering that he's training there now, and 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 that fight is highly unlikely at this point. Is there any other matchups that you think make the most sense for you right now? Anybody that you're uh, really interested in testing your skills against? For sure, I have my dream fight. I, I really want to fight Jolo. So, you know, that's a fight that I think is going to be a crazy fight. Fans going to love. I think the matchup style is great. That's the, my dream fight, the fight that I'm looking forward Now, you, you have a clear advantage over most guys on the ground, and we all know your armbar victories speak for themselves. Um, that being said, what is it about the armbar that makes you so efficient in tapping guys with it? I mean, what do you think guys are missing? Is it is it a setup? Is it a... 
Is it, you know, just your ability to, to chain together to get to that position that you need for the armbar? You know, what do you think guys are missing that makes you so sneaky? Obviously, without giving out, you know, uh, any secrets here, but what do you think guys are lacking that, that enables you to constantly get that armbar? To be realistic with you, to be real with you, uh, I have great coaches, like, all my life, and uh, that was a position that on the beginning I wasn't doing good as I started, like, as a kid. But, like, my coach back in back in my city, in Niterói, Rio de Janeiro, in Brazil, they make me grow so much, like, so much, so much. Every day, like, 40 inside, like, a lot of reps. And then I, that was my warm-up. Until you got my black belt, that was the warm-up, on bars, on bars, on bars. Not just me, but every every single guy who comes from that school, they're great on bars. It just, it just... The place that I come from, you know, a couple of places, a couple of wrestling guys, they come from a camp, they, they're great on single leg, they're great on double leg. I'm just, the camp that I, that I born was all arm bars, you know, from everywhere, arm bars, from <laughs> full guard, from the second control, from the mouth, from the back. So it just makes me do so much, they just automatic, you know. So, so it's repetition and something that your coaches, when you know you were younger coming up, they really drilled into you. So obviously, it's become second nature, yes. second nature for you. Um, but speaking of the division, there, um, there's a lot of turmoil at lightweight right now, especially in regards to the title picture. Um, who do you think is the rightful number one contender, and why won't anybody sign the contract to fight against your teammate Michael Johnson? Man, I think the number one contender. It's Tony Ferguson right now. The guy deserves a lot of win streaks. He, he deserves, you know. He had that couple fights cancel with Khabib. Khabib is right there too, but you know, like if he had that fight, the winner supposed to be the number one. But he, he didn't fall, you know. I think, in my opinion, Tony Ferguson is number one, and Michael. <clears throat> I'm I'm so lucky to have Michael as a partner. You know the guy training so hard, the guy so quick, good hands, always training so hard. And I don't know, bro. Guys don't like to fight Michael. I think he he don't fear no one. He was I know a lot of guys was ducking Khabib, and he was the guy who called he called them and said I want to fight Khabib. No one want to fight him. I want to. And he was saying that like way before, way before, way before. That, they make that fight like a year ago. He would say, I want to fight Khabib. You know, the guy has no fear in him. He always train hard. He always push himself. Always challenging himself. And I think that's why a couple guys don't want to fight him. You know, I, I know he, and he calls everyone out. He's just, <laughs> a lot of guys don't want to fight him. You know, <laughs> he's, he's one of nightmares, I think, on, on, on the lightweight division. Yeah, I spoke to him yesterday about it. And, uh, you know, it just, it, that's basically what he was saying. Guys don't want to fight him because they know that he's a really tough matchup for anybody in the division. But, again, it's a shame that a guy can't get a fight who's at the pinnacle, could potentially, you know, get over the hill here and get the title shot and, uh, you know, get everything that he's worked so hard for. So, hopefully, a fight gets announced for him soon. I know he said he was mentioning uh, yeah. he, he mentioned maybe Evan Dunham or something like that. But, um, listen, man, you've been more than generous with your time. Just a couple more questions for you. Assuming you get the fight you yeah. want in July – whoever that opponent may be, hopefully maybe Joe Lowe's on if he's available, and you come out of that fight uninjured, how many times would you like to compete before the year's end? Man, I'm I'm that cowboy style, bro. I want to fight a lot. But the thing is, 
sometimes I I know the UFC too. I know it's hard sometimes to get going like a lot. But I I would like to fight two three more times this year for sure. I wanna get that one in July. If I can't two more for sure, I wanna climb that. Get on the ranks, you know. Get on the top 15, and I know we gotta put on a great performance. So first, my Fox Noise to put a great performance on July 7. Really make a statement. I I hope to get a guy well known, you know, guy with with the name Joe Lawson will be a good one. Otherwise, I don't know a guy with the name, you know, who gonna bring him on another on another level. I don't wanna fight like just a tough guy who you know not gonna bring him nowhere. I, I, I really hope to get a guy with a name, you know, a guy who's yeah. going to bring him on another level. Really looking forward for that and put on an amazing performance. And for sure, two more fighters here. Still healthy, still young, still training hard. So I hope to, to fight again two more times this year. And one more thing, just left past. The fight that I want to watch, Michael, I want to rematch with Nate Beers. I know Nate's not going to have one day right now, but that fight that I'm really looking forward for, Michael. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, a good performance on behalf of Diaz. But, again, you know, Mike landed some really good shots, hung in there the whole fight, and uh, definitely a, a scrap, but I, I would love to see again as well. But let's let's hope that you get a good fight in, on July 7th. And as I mentioned before, you know, talking about the uh, unfortunate injury with Paul Felder, hopefully it's a big-name guy like a Joe Lozon that could really, uh, you know, uh, be your coming-out party for all the fans out there who aren't particularly familiar with you but should be very soon. And uh, in regards to the upcoming matchup with John Combs, give us your official prediction. Tell all the listeners what to expect from this event. Submission Underground 4 going down on May 14th. Man, guys, for me, they can, they can, guys can watch. Make sure you watch. By the Baby Blue is going to be live on Flow Grappling. If you're not around Portland, Oregon, it's going to be live on Flow Grappling. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to put a show. You know, I, as a fan, on the sport, I like to watch entertainment fights. And the way I like to watch, I like to fight like that. I don't want to win by one advantage, win by decision, win by overtime. No, I'm looking forward to finish. I'm going there to put in a show, put in an excellent performance. Really, really looking forward to finishing in the, on, on the couple, on the first minutes. You know, I'm not going to, I'm going to push. As soon, soon as the bell goes, I'm going to put a lot of pressure. Looking forward to finishing. And looking forward for the show as well, man. We have gonna have a great fight, a lot of fights. I really wanna see how the guy is gonna do, how <clears throat> how Jake Shoots is gonna do. I'm really excited for that show. For my up fights coming up. We hope to get that fight July seventh, July eighth. And really looking forward to putting the show and get on a different level, get on the ranks, close on the UFC, get the the, the submission now on the submission on the ground. And that's it, bro. Fired up right now. I cannot sleep. <laughs> no, I, I totally understand. And as you mentioned there, uh, all the fans should, should certainly turn in to Submission Underground 4, May 14th, on Flow Grappling. And uh, as you mentioned there, I think everybody's looking forward to uh, your return to fighting, hopefully July 7th, possibly against Joe Lozon. So uh, we greatly appreciate the I time tonight, so. man. Uh, any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go? Shout out to all the guys from Coma Club, all my training partners, all the guys from Submission on the ground, for grappling, making an amazing show. I'm looking forward to Sean Shelby. Put me to fight again. Put me to fight soon, please. Joel Azon, if you hear that, let's go. Let's scrap. Right. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Jason, all the guys, BJ Payne. It was my pleasure.
Absolutely, and, th and thank you to the guys on your team that set up this interview. Uh, it was an honor, sir. Hope to hear from you again soon, and uh, best of luck in the future. We'll ser certainly be paying attention to uh, any big fight announcements coming up. Nice, bro. Thank you, bro. My pleasure. Have a good one, bro. You too, bud. Take care. Well, there you have it, Penn Nation. Gilbert Burns. You know, as I mentioned, uh, never had the opportunity to speak with him. Really cool cat. Long convo. You know, I usually, I usually try to keep it around 20 minutes, but like I said, that went about 30. You heard it in there several times. Submission Underground, May 14th. He'll be taking on John Combs. And a lot of hype behind that headliner. Dylan Danis, Jake Shields. Should be a, a really good grappling match, man. And, <clears throat> excuse me, as we spoke in detail about the game transitioning to submission only, you're going to see a lot more of these really awesome matches. And for a guy like myself, I've always appreciated... Uh, the ground game in mixed martial arts. And you've heard a lot of guys talk about this, you know, Joe Rogan in particular, but uh, most guys have the same uh, a feeling on this. In a fight, whether it be a, a grappling match or a mixed martial arts match, in the real world, if I sink a choke on you, whether it be rear naked, guillotine, Anaconda, Dar you know, whatever. Triangle. I mean, we could go on and on and on. That's the beauty of the sport. There's so many ways to choke a guy and break his bones. But if I decided to choke you until you were unconscious, and then I held the choke after you woke back up, I mean, you'd die. So at the end of the day, that tap is a signal of, you got me. You could have got me, you know? So being that I've always appreciated wild scrambles, you know, lots of sweeps, beautiful transitions, guys escaping, guys, uh, you know, setting things up. I, it, for instance, um, Nick Diaz, I think both the fights, I, both fights with uh, Diego Sanchez and Cara Parisian. A lot of cool grappling, grappling in those matches. So again, Submission Underground, May 14th. Uriah Faber's on the card. Uh, I believe Jess... No, 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 I'm sorry. Jessica I was was going to be in fight to win pro. Hopefully returning to the UFC sooner rather than later. I'm tempted to look up his record real quick, but I want to say he's got like seven, six or seven armbar victories. Clearly a master of the armbar. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Our final guest, second guest, coming up next. I'm Ramin Yo. <laughs> Game bread. Jorge Masvidal. Can't say enough about the guy. As you heard me talk about it earlier, his story really is an underdog story. Uh, a guy with a ton of heart. 
a ton of skill that has worked really hard for everything that he's gotten. And he's on the cusp of really becoming a superstar here. Clearly, you're good friends with the site. One hand washes the other. Got a ton of respect for the guy. Like I said earlier, uh, I saw... I didn't watch the whole thing, but that guy, Andy Nesbitt or Nisbet from uh, Fox sports, you know, he was at the media day uh, for UFC 211 this weekend and they're interviewing Jorge and, you know, they ask him a question and put some microphone in his face. Jorge doesn't look at him, looks straight ahead with a, the, look, the look of a stone cold killer. You know, quick one sentence answer and that's it. So very grateful that he's willing to work with us during fight week. As I said, pre-recorded this, uh, this one was recorded Sunday. So, um, we get into it about the Bisping thing. Unfortunately that has developed a little more. You've seen them go back and forth more on Twitter since this interview. Unfortunately, didn't get to speak with them about that, but Hopefully things go well for Game Bread this Saturday. We get them back on soon. Again, BJPenn.com radio, BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Go there now while you listen. We're going to jump into it right now with Game Bread himself, Jorge Masvidal. All right, Penn Nation. We're now joined by one of the men vying for the top contender spot in the welterweight division this Saturday. Of course, I'm talking about none other than game bread, Jorge Masvidal. Jorge, what's going on, man? How you guys doing, man? Not too bad, brother. Always appreciate the time. We're less than a week away from UFC 211. I got to imagine you're feeling like a kid on Christmas. Oh, you know it. I'm already on weight. I wish the fight was tomorrow, man, to tell you the truth. Got another little bit less than a week to go track it off. I can hold my horses and wait till the fight, you know, but I'm ready to go, man. As far as camp goes, man, you know, I know you work incredibly hard in the gym. That being said, uh, I'd imagine you're pretty excited and confident about showing the world that you're the real number one contender on Saturday. You know it, man. You know more than that. Just put my skills to the test. I call to this fight. The guy that most people, 90% of the division doesn't want to fight, you know, because they know his skill set and how superior he is to everybody there. I don't, I don't think he has that over me. I think I'm better than him in MMA and in MMA grappling. I'm going to prove it on Saturday, so it's, it's my, my word against his. You know, so I just, I can't wait Saturday to prove it to the world. Yeah, as far as skill sets go, I was going to jump into that in a little bit, but you know, this is arguably, you know, being the most important fight of your career. Does it feel like a culmination of all these years of hard work and dedication to this game? You know, does it feel like this is finally going to pay off on Saturday? Yep going to open up, it's going to make my, my future even brighter. The Cowboy fight helped me get known to the masses, to those that, that didn't really know who I was or, or what I was about. This fight's just going to extra cement that. It's going to extra show my, my skill set. It's going to show I can fight with the top strikers in the world. I can fight with the top grapplers in the world or the best grappler in the world. It doesn't matter. Now, you've said that after beating Maya, you have to be the number one contender. 
as we just spoke about there. I think everybody would agree with you. I'm wondering, though, has the UFC ex expressed the same belief? Have you been promised a title shot with a win on Saturday? I haven't promised a title shot. Nobody came to me and said, hey, you win this fight, you got the title shot. It hasn't been promised to me, but, I mean, Maya's the clear-cut number one contender, you know, by far. And and after Maya, they were talking about Sarone was the next contender in line. Sarone was the guy that was going to get the next title shot. And, uh, and I put an end to that. So if I, if I beat a guy like Sarone, I beat a guy like Maya, and I don't get the number one contendership shot, you know that this sport is taking a drastic turn or something other than new niche market where it's pop stars and reality TV and, and shit like that, you know? We're not talking about skill set no more. Who could fight if I'm not the one that gets the next title shot? It's, it's blatant obvious. Yeah, you know, that, that segues into my next question perfectly. You know, you've been on record this week talking about uh, boy, band, boy band members and politics being the only thing that could really get in the way of you getting the next title shot. And like I said, I think everybody in the sport would agree that – if you don't get it, it's a turn for the worse, you know, if you get the snub. Um, who do you think the UFC could dare allow to cut you in line for a shot at Woodley, assuming you win on Saturday? I don't know. I don't even want to put those vibes out there, like saying a name, but, you know, there's names out there they could put. Um, I mean, you, you, you see it happen left and right, you know, guys just jumping the line and weird things happening. So I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case in me versus Woodley if uh, – got with it and I get through my I don't think that that's what's going to happen but if it did happen if somebody got ahead of me out of nowhere it'd just be it'd be fucking baffling it'd be crazy you know yeah I agree like like you said they're baffling and so obviously it's really good to have the majority of the support from everybody that knows the the, the sport uh you know aside from casual fans so I think that if you didn't get the shot it would be a travesty and the majority of the community would get behind you but Tyron Woodley said last week that Maya made a bad move taking a fight with you and called him stupid. You know, the champ called you the worst possible matchup for Maya aside from himself. Um, I know you would agree with that, but but do you think Woodley is expecting to fight you next? Uh, by his comments, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, Woodley knows just as good as anybody to fight. Anything could always happen. So I know there's a small chance he's also preparing for, for Maya, but he's, he probably feels, at least from what he's been saying, that I'll be the definite winner, you know? based on the skill set, what I could do and what Maya could do. So it's just it's just a matter of going out there and performing. You know, I, I know I'm better than this guy at fighting. At the sport of fighting, I know I'm better. And if we're talking about gi jiu-jitsu at the Mundials in Brazil, whatever, you know. But if we're talking about fighting, just getting in there and, and in the cage, locking it up and see who comes out alive, I think I got this guy by a lot. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. Um, but being former teammates, you know, I know you really weren't willing to talk about fighting Woodley until recently. But I'm wondering if you guys have spoke at all, you know, in the lead-up to this fight. Has you has he wished you luck or anything like that? We haven't spoke uh, really or nothing like that. But, um, I mean, it's not like we, we, we got to speak, you know. I mean, I'm always cool with him, you know. He's always cool with me. We've known each other for quite some time since our strike force days, you know. So, uh, it's actually before that. Since before he had a strike force fight, we had already trained a couple times together. And, um... It's just, it's all love, man, but it's, we got to do what we got to do, you know. We got in here to make money, to be the best in the world. Yep. And um, and I'm a, it's not that I'm happy, but it gives you a certain sense of pride when, when guys from your team, from your room, that you've grinded with for so long are in, in, in that high of caliber, you know. Yeah. We're all in the mix. It's not that I want to fight an HD guy, but then when you kind of step back and look at it, you're like, 
That shows the world how good we are. What other team has ever done that? And we just got the the fight team award, whatever the fuck, of the year now. Man, it's been years in the making that we should have been got that. Yeah. You know, who else has done that? It's gone from ATT to ATT to possibly another ATT guy holding the belt. That's that's madness. That's crazy. Nobody's ever done that in the history of the sport. And we got other champions as well. And we got another guy fighting for the title at heavyweight, you know? I don't think my, my team really gets the credit that we deserve. Well, you certainly should. You, you certainly should. And, and, and to be honest with you, uh, being an East Coast guy, I mean, without question, that's the top team on the East Coast, never mind the entire country or the world for that matter. Um, but, you know, Woodley's also expressed that, you know, he's been struggling to put together a fight for July. Uh, assuming you come out of this fight injury-free, would July be a re- realistic uh, timetable for you to challenge for the belt? Oh, you know, as long as those numbers are right, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. You know, it, it, and like you said, injury-free, the only thing that would stop me would be negotiations, you know, because we work our whole lives to get here to this point, to the belt. You know, so that's the only thing that would stop me. Because God willing, I win this fight, and I want to make money. I got kids I got to feed. I've been watching all these imposters and actors make money for years, man. Guys that can't hold my jock strap when it comes to the terms of actual skill or will. It's time for me to get paid. If I win this fight, I need to get paid handsomely for my skill set. Without question. And, you know, as far as marketability goes and the push from the UFC, that was something I wanted to get to in a moment here. But let's talk a little bit about the 200K bet uh, that, you know, you've been trying to get Dana White to accept. You know, you've asked him to pick an opponent that he thinks will beat you, and he's yet to accept the offer. You know, that being said, isn't it kind of a compliment that he hasn't accepted? I mean, it's basically saying that he doesn't want any, you know, he doesn't want to bet on anybody against you. I, I don't know. I don't know. Dana, like, I don't know what he thinks. I would think, yes, somewhat of a compliment or maybe 200000 to him wasn't enough money. Maybe it should have said half a million or something. I, I don't know, you know. But um, I never, he didn't take the bat or the China. So to me, it's just like, man, it, it sucks because I would have just liked to make more money. You know? <laughs> right. So he hasn't addressed that at all? Uh, not when, not when, uh, I've had two different people that, that know him well reach out to him and, uh, he didn't, he didn't care but he wasn't interested at all, you know, so maybe I should have either upped it or, or lowered it, I don't know. Ah, that's a shame, man. Well, keeping on the theme of, of big money and the easy money tour, did you end up picking a watch the other day? Man, that was a pretty badass setup there with all the security checkpoints and having to go through like, uh, you know, vault doors basically. Did you pick a watch? I picked a watch. Nice one. It'll be on display pretty soon. Um, you know, shouldn't be buying that much jewelry sometimes. But you know, gold holds its value through our time. Gold has always hold a, a good, uh, always had a good uh, market value. So as long as you're not getting ripped off when you buy the jewelry, you usually you can do all right. You know. Hey, I, I like do- I like an, another main thing why I like posting them videos is I like all those financial rules telling me what the fuck to do with my money. Like if I don't have a house or houses, you know, like I haven't been fighting like me buying a watch or whatever it is that I choose to buy with my hard-earned money, like, they're going to tell me what to do with it, you know. For starters, don't nobody tell me what to do besides my mother, you know. So I just, I love when I post those videos and people are losing their mind saying what somebody should or shouldn't do, man. It's, it's hilarious. Hey, man, you know what? I'm from the I'm from the train of thought that gold is the oldest form of currency, and like you said, that's what holds its value no matter what happens to any type of currency. So gold will always be worth something. I agree with you there 100%. Uh, marketability in regards to marketability with the UFC that's something we've discussed on the show a few times uh the UFC's willingness to give you a big push 
Uh, we know, we all know it's been hard for you to get the fights as of late, and you know guys have turned you down. Um, that being said, though, do you think that's the reason the UFC wouldn't be willing to give you the push you deserve, or is that related to something else in your opinion? Uh, you know, I haven't, I never really gave that much thought in the past, but as of late, I've been thinking about it way more and more because I get that question asked like every interview, you know, like, man, you're easy to talk to, you have a good fighting style, you know, you're young, why, why don't, why doesn't the UFC push you? And I don't know, man, I really don't know. Is it because I'm a mistake? Is it because, uh, I'm a street fighter, maybe? And they didn't want to push a street fighter? I'm not a street fighter, but I was at one point, you know, because I came from that, and maybe they didn't want to have, like, a guy in the ranks, because now I'm top five in the world. Maybe they didn't want to have a guy in the ranks from that, you know? Then they could maybe look at the sport look bad, because, hey, the street fighters all of a sudden are world champion. Maybe in their eyes, that, that would make them look bad. I, I don't know why they've never given me a push. Well, it's a shame, and, you know, considering your background, I mean, it's as grassroots as it gets. And as far as, like, a story of Americana, I mean, it doesn't get better than your story. So hopefully that, that eventually comes here. But changing gears uh, once more here for a second, I wanted to talk to you about the beef with Bisping. You know, it all stemmed from you not going on a show. I'm wondering if that is correct. And has anything more come of that? Um, no, nah, it ain't no beef. It ain't, like, no real beef. That dude's a hoe, bro. He don't got no access to guns or killers or nothing. Like, that's not beef. It's just, it's just a small quarter with words, you know? I do, man. I, he could be a heavyweight. I, I, I'll never respect a dude like that. You know, it's just, it's just. I get it. You want to get the big money fights. Everybody does. But the way he goes about the business and stuff, and just he's always said he didn't want to fight Joel before it was because of the steroids. Then the whole GSP thing came up. I saw another comment that he'd rather fight Whitaker than Joel. I just think the dude is a fraud, man. You know, I thought. I don't even think. He, I, I don't. It's not that I think Dan Henderson peed his ass clearly. Yeah. You should give that man his props and be like, I got my ass whooped. Thank God that fight was in England and I got the decision, you know? I don't, as a as a man, as a fighter, I don't think much of him, you know? He has a decent skill set, but as like a man, that's not a dude that uh that I would put in the conversation of, of men, of fighters, of somebody that's game, that's winning the fight, you know? Well, I know you're one of the guys that would never take shit from anybody, so I'm wondering, you know, is that a fight that would interest you? I mean, maybe after winning the welterweight title, oh, you know, fuck, would man, you challenge? If that, dude, if that dude ever came up on me, it doesn't have to be a fight because I know that guy won't fight me. For whatever reasons he'll make up, he'll say I'm a bum or he'll say this or he could say whatever the fuck he says. But if that dude ever disrespected me in person, I've seen him disrespect people, I'll break his face right then and there because I'm not, I grew up a little different. I don't... Ain't no man gonna come telling me nothing crazy, you know. If you if you say something, just be willing to back it up right then and there. If he sees me and he keeps his distance from me, well, no problems happen. But if that guy was ever to come up to me like he'd be punking other people and stuff that I seen that they put online, man, I'll wire that dude's mouth shut, man. <laughs> well, listen, man. Again, that goes with the marketability of you. You know, you're a grassroots real dude, and the sport needs more of that. But uh, getting back to Saturday night. You know, last time we spoke, you said that these guys sleep on your grappling and, you know, only think of you as a, uh, as a striker. Um, the opportunity to show the world, you know, you're the best in all facets of the game, um, you know, it doesn't get much better than that against Maya. I'd assume that, that we can all expect uh, you to be showcasing your grappling skills on Saturday night. You know it, man. I mean, Vegas ain't dumb. Somebody recently either... Either one individual dropped a large sum on me that changed the line because I always keep my eyes on the line. Maya had opened up the favorite, but then it started becoming like a pick em. Now, I'm the favorite last time I checked. So, either numerous people or one individual saw the light, you know. And uh, 
all, all the good grapplers that I find, every one of them I've grappled, you know. Uh, Ruslan Kavilov, I took him more down. I rid him, I, I, I held him on his back longer than he held me. Michael Chase, I grappled him, and he's a great grappler. You've seen what he's doing to the guys at 155. He's submitting guys left and right. I can grapple, man. It's just offensively, I don't do it as much as a lot of guys because it, people don't care for it, you know. And plus, I'm a striker at heart. I like to strike. But I could grapple. I could take guys down and submit them or hold them down and ride them out. It's just that I'd rather throw the strikes. So this match to me is like like a match. It's like when they gave me the Campbell fight. I'm thinking, man, this guy is the one that's supposed to knock me off the train. No, it's not happening. It's the same way I look at Maya. Like, man, this dude, obviously it's a fight and a lot of things. Anything could happen in a fight. But I got my money on myself. If I could bet my house on it, I'd bet my house on it, you know? Listen, that transitioned to my next uh, question perfectly here. You know, I know your takedown defense is always on point, and, you know, working with killers like Kobe Covington, um, and, and I'm sure you've done, you know, a lot of work getting up from the bottom, but will you be looking for offensive jiu-jitsu against Maya? You know, maybe you could, you know, shock the world, go for a submission of your own in this fight? I'll tell you this much. I, I don't um, shy away from my skill set ever, you know. If I'm fighting a good striker, even if the, the game plan is to take the good striker down, I'm still going to use my striking, you know? I'm not going to just shoot, 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 you know? Or, or something of that nature. If Maya left his neck out for me or limb out there for me or I was able to take a a, a real advantageous position, you better believe I'll take it. I, I, I don't shy away from it, and I think that's what makes me a good grappler because um, if you fight a good wrestler and all you're doing is, is sprawling and just running away and moving away, that good wrestler is not going to respect you. You know what he's going to do? He's going to keep shooting in on you and wearing you out. You gotta have a good front headlock. You gotta be able to threaten him that you can take him down as well. It's the same thing if you're fighting a good striker and you're just making a miss. Well, he's just gonna keep throwing, you know, because he knows it's a matter of time to hit you. So you gotta be able to stop guys in their own tracks at what they do, you know. I always like taking a guy's best weapon and turning him right against him. A lot of people don't understand what that means, but I'm not gonna get into too much detail on it because I'm about to fight Maya, <laughs> and I plan on using some of his techniques. That he likes uh, the situations, I should say, that he likes to be in against him, you know. So I just, I just can't wait for Saturday night, man. It couldn't come any faster. Well, confidence in the skill set—that's what matters most, man. Um, this being the biggest yeah. fight card of the year so far, uh, what fight are you most looking forward to? You know, after we all watch you get the job done on Saturday, uh, maybe teammate Yoana Janjacek, perhaps. You're, you're mind reading, man. I'm not a big fan of the women's MMA, but Joanna, I do love watching fight, man. She has such a good jab. The defense is always on point. She moves laterally, and she's just like a really mean girl, you know. From a technical standpoint, I think she is one of the best to, to do it in, in the sport, you know. So I really enjoy her watching. And it's not a diss to say I don't like watching the women's fighting. I just don't. I'll never prefer it over guys fighting, you know. But there is some a couple athletes in the female world that I do enjoy watching. Yeah, she she's a killer to say the least. And, and like you said there, I mean, the ferocity alone is something everybody can enjoy. Um, you know, you've been able to steal the show on more than one occasion, and I'm sure you'll be looking to do the same on Fight Night. Um, oh, this show's already still, hey, guilty. <laughs> guilty. But, that show, that, look, you already caught me stealing it. Guilty. <laughs> All right, you know what? I'll leave it there then. Listen, you've been more than generous with your time. Just a couple more questions. Um, I know you like to enjoy yourself after a big win. Any plans for a celebration after you become the number one contender on Saturday? Yeah, uh, man. You know, people see me buying the jewelry and they see me doing crazy shit like that. I do like jewelry and things like that, but at the end of the day, I'm kind of like a simpleton, man. My my hotel room, my brother lives down here in Texas. I got a lot of people. They already know my hotel room is is going to be 
a buffet of food when as soon as <laughs> the fight is done. I'm not going nowhere. I'm just going straight to my room and enjoy Texas' best barbecue. It's going to be a couple hours late and stuff. You know, I'm not going to get to eat it fresh. But we got a microwave up in there. We'll heat things up. I'm just going to be eating, man. That's it, you know. I don't mean much more than that. Just some good food, and I'm happy, man. I know we've talked post-fight before, and you've just been like, I'm, you know, destroying some pizzas. So I, I, I believe that to the fullest. Uh, do you have an official prediction for this fight? For all the Game Bread fans out there, what should they expect on Saturday? Doesn't make it to the third round, man. All right. Now, as, a, as far as uh, returning... I don't know how the stoppage will come with it. I just got a feeling in in, in me, something's telling me, a little voice is telling me, he's not going to be able to keep up that pace. He's not going to be able to keep up the movement, the, the, the pressure that I'm going to put on him mentally, physically. He's not going to keep up, and he's going to fold before that bell to ring for the third round. All right. Now, as far as returning to action after UFC 211, is it realistic to assume that we could see you t- challenge for the title? and possibly defend it before the year's over. Oh, my brother. If I get my hands on that title, you better believe I'm defending it. I ain't like one of these punks, man. That, you know, I'll give you a good example, man. I've had a lot of pit bulls in my life. I don't I don't fight dogs or nothing like that, but I know a lot about dog history. I know a lot about game dogs. And a game dog is is happy to do what he does. You know, if you see him hanging off a, a tire that's, that's tied to a rope, you'll see the whole time he can... Bite it and hang on for five minutes, ten minutes. Well, however long that dog hangs on, his tail's going to be wagging the whole time because that dog is happy to do that. You know, those dogs, before they fight, they're crying. You would think that they're scared because they don't show no teeth. They, they don't do nothing like that. They don't try to intimidate the other dog. They, they're crying literally because they want to be let go and they want to fight because they have yep. fun doing it. And no matter how long those dogs are fighting for, their tail will be wagging. They're having fun. If they could be smiling because their jaws are not in the other dog, you would see the dog smiling because... That's when they're having fun. I love to compete. I love to fight. A lot of these guys, you hear them on interviews, they give themselves up. I don't like fighting. I, I got to hate somebody to do this, or I just do it for the money and stuff. That's cool. That's that's one way that they look at it or they came into the sport. I enjoy this. This is my basketball game. This is people like to play FIFA. People like to play Madden. This is me playing video games. Is this. This is what I have fun doing it. So I won't even put a number on that title defense. I'll just get out there and do it. You know, as, much, as many times as I could possibly compete, I'll do it, you know, because that's what I like to do. Listen, man. I'm already going to be at three fights if I will get that uh, shot in July. And I'd be the happiest camper in the world because that's been my plan more or less to compete five to six times a year because I know my body can take that, you know. Man, as a fan of the sport, that is the coolest shit ever, anybody's ever said to me. Uh, not only as a, as a media guy in an interview, but that is, it doesn't get better than that. I mean, that is why you were called Game Bread. It doesn't get any better. Any last words for Damian Maya in conclusion before fight night? Well, I know he's coming to, to break my face with one of them rear nakeds or arm bars or something, but I got a surprise for him. I'm going to break his face. But before I do that, I'm going to break his will first. I'm going to beat him in his own game. I'm going to out-wrestle him. I'm going to out-will him, and then I'm going to land the fatal strike to end the fight. And it's going to go just how I said it in Cowboy, and it went exactly as the plan. The same way it's going to go against my I'm going to break his will, then I'm going to break his face. I have no doubt, my friend, and uh, everybody from BJPenn.com has supported you all the way through. We certainly look forward to Saturday night. Any shout-outs you get in uh, before we let you go? Thank God for this amazing journey from, from where I began to where I've gotten. It's, it's been an amazing ride, you know. I, I uh I know that there's a God out there, and I'm not trying to convince nobody to come to my church or give donations, nothing like that. You can keep your money. I'm just telling you about my personal history. 
Thank God for this opportunity. Thank American Top Team. I'm ready to go by Lino Hernandez, Elite Athletes Performance. These guys, everybody that I mentioned, uh, training-wise, been with me 10-plus years, you know. So I love it, man. It's been a great journey for me. All right, my friend. We're certainly looking forward to it and the potential title shot and, you know, getting all the respect and credentials that you finally deserve. I'm hyped for Saturday, man. We're looking forward to it. Best of luck, and we'll talk to you soon after the fight. Thank you, my brother. We'll be catching up ASAP soon because you're going to have to get the, the post-fight interview, and then we're going to have to get the interview for the title fight. So for sure we're going to be talking after that. Absolutely. Hey, listen, this time when I hit you up, I know I hit you up last time, like the day after the fight. I'm sure you were getting bombarded, but this time look out for me. I'll, I'll be after you. You got it, man. All right, brother. Much love, man. Take care, man. Take care. Peace. I forgot you could hear me getting a call at the end of that interview. <laughs> what can I say? Game bread. That explanation of a game bread dog and, and his mentality for fighting. You cannot ask for more with one of these athletes. <clears throat> Always trying to put on an exciting fight. As you heard me talk about there, his story and the way he came up, Backyard fighting in Florida. I'm sure you guys have seen the video. Had really long hair at that point, I think. If memory serves correct. You know, running running with guys like Kimbo. Internet famous. And through all that hard work and dedication, as I said before, on the cusp of UFC gold, And as I feel, I think a lot of guys feel this way. Long overdue credit and respect from the MMA community. Certainly looking forward to the fight. You heard it there. Sounds like we'll get the exclusive after the fight. Looking forward to that. Of course, everybody on the team, BJPenn.com, we certainly wish him luck. And uh, should be a great fight. Great card. Stacked this weekend. Looking forward to all that. There'll be plenty of news to cover leading up to and after Saturday night. So make sure you guys stay tuned to bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. We have got you covered. So I guess that's it. A couple of great interviews. Hope you guys enjoyed them. It was a pleasure to speak with Gilbert. As I mentioned, first time with him, super cool guy. And as always, great time with Jorge as well. We appreciate all the support, Penn Nation. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, and share this podcast. Make sure you follow us on all the various social media accounts that we have. And make sure you tune in next week for another edition of BJPenn.com Radio. As always, guys, I'm your host, Kinch, signing off for yet another week. Episode 32. 33. I can't believe it's already been 32 weeks. Time flies when you're having fun, folks. So, again, signing off for the night on behalf of the team, BJPenn.com, all you kick-ass guys, Team Takeover 2017. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Mahalo.
McDonald's one two three dollar menu. All you gotta do is order two sausage burritos, two McChicken, or two sausage McMuffin sandwiches. You'll get them both for just three dollars. You can even mix them up. There's even a way to hack the hack. It's adding any size McCafe brewed coffee or soft drink for a buck. Lots of people have tried this, and it totally works. McDonald's new choose two for three dollars on the one two three dollar menu. It's no hack, just an awesome deal. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Life is full of those ah moments. Like right after our first stretch and yawn in the morning. Ah. Or like standing in the forest alone amid the stillness. The beauty hits you like the crisp air and suddenly everything makes sense and you're one with the earth and stars. Ah. Or like dollar drinks at McDonald's. Keep those ah moments going with $1 any size McCafe brewed coffee and $1 any size soft drinks on the $1-2-3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.